0: Well, it's wonderful to be here with you during this time and season to worship our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we're so glad that you could be with us and uh, look forward to this time and season of the year uh, when we uh, remember the wonderful and marvelous incarnation of our Lord and Savior. Uh, the fact that He loved us so much and was willing to come uh and humble himself and become obedient even unto the death of the cross for your and my salvation it's a wonderful thing to remember and celebrate uh, his uh, great uh, sacrifice and we're reminded that the son of man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many uh so I want to speak to you this morning about uh, who do you say that I am? Uh, wonderful passage in Matthew 16, so you can turn there in your Bibles. Uh, but uh, thanks be to God for His indescribable, a, sometimes the word is translated unspeakable, or inexpressible gift that God has given to us and that God did on our behalf. Uh, for this one who took upon himself flesh and dwelt among us is the one who uh, created all things. And the scripture says that for all things, uh, all things were created by him and for him. And so during the Christmas season, it's it's so significant and important for us uh, to not allow our Minds our attention to be distracted <clears throat> from the reality of this indescribable unspeakable inexpressible gift that God has given through jesus christ his his son this morning. I wanted to address and and speak uh, about the incarnation uh, for for that very reason that the scripture says that that who <coughs> uh him whom we he who we have not seen we have uh we lo- yet we love him, and he uh that is unseen uh, we believe in him, and it's important it's so significant for us <coughs> that <coughs> the person that we love we get to know, and if you love someone you you want to know them um and so it's, it's significant, especially during this season and time, uh, to know that which is inexpressible and unspeakable and unsearchable. Uh, that gift that has been given to us is the Lord Jesus, the one whom we love and the one whom we have come to know. <clears throat> and yet, the realities are that in the incarnation of God Himself, when He took upon Himself flesh, and we know the complexities of knowing persons and people here—that our personalities are all different and distinct—and and, and uh, to get to know someone is—it it takes uh, time. There's an investment. There's there's uh, things that you you get to know and. and These personalities are are very uh, multifaceted. They're made up of of many different things. But if we uh, think of this immeasurable, inexpressible gift of the Lord Jesus Christ, how much can we know about someone whose person is so complex and so absolutely beyond expression, and yet, there are things that we may know about our Lord and Savior Jesus because of what He's given to us, what He's revealed to us in His Word. And so this morning, I would like to to really, uh, during this season and time, uh, take uh, that wonderful venture, if God's Spirit might permit us, if He might allow us to explore the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ and to come to know Him on a deeper level simply because what He's revealed to us in His Word is, is something that is immensely, uh, an immense treasure. And sometimes during the Christmas holidays isn't it true that our attentions are, are distracted with material things and, and with the, the motion of, of the holidays and and the distractions of the glim and the glitter, and we lose sight of that that very precious gift. Uh, so it's good for us this this week to be reminded of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ and to know Him and His person at this uh, this deeper level that He's He's revealed to us. Um, I've, I've been uh, getting to know lori for some 23 years now uh, but uh you know that that just the knowledge of her her personality or person um there're still things that that are that come new to me uh, yeah. <laughs> i hear that amen back there you know what i'm talking about <laughs> And, uh, but, but what of this treasure that we've been given to know God? And the scripture tells us that this is eternal life to know thee, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, who thou sent. So let's, let's set our attention, let, let's set our, our affection upon the Lord Jesus, upon who he is, upon knowing him in a deeper way, upon laying hold of The revelation of this inexpressible, unspeakable gift that God has given to us. We can't even describe it. It cannot be described. And the best that I could do this morning would be very, very minimal and and little. But by God's grace and the work of His Spirit in our lives, maybe we may explore our Lord Jesus and love Him more. And know Him more deeply because we've come to worship, come to express our praise to God and our thanksgiving for the mighty and wonderful things that God has done. And the Word became flesh and He dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Uh, What a celebration we should have this Christmas season as we remember the indescribable and unspeakable gift that has been given to us in our Lord Jesus Christ. So, who do you say that I am? Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. And then, when God formed Adam, out of the clay he must have had the Lord Jesus in mind. Uh, that it was his plan, his express plan in the history of humanity, of his creation, that that his son, the Son of God, would take upon himself the flesh of Adam, that the progression of the seed as we look at it through the Scripture goes from Adam to Abraham to Jacob to Joseph to Judah to David. And through David, the King was born. The King of the universe. God's Son. God's salvation for mankind. God's plan through all of human history has the pinnacle of it was this. And so it is so true that the Lord Jesus uh, was, was in in mind the, the offspring of David uh, and that God would inhabit human flesh. But not only that, that through Jesus Christ that the Spirit of Jesus Christ would be inhabited by you and by me. Uh, That it is God's plan in creating man in His own image that God would do such an amazing and wonderful and unspeakable and inscribable thing that has ramifications, that has consequences that we can't get our, our mind around. We can't grip it. And the only way that the Scripture can describe it is that it's undescribable. (laughs) It's just beyond uh, what mankind could have imagined or or dreamed of. It's something that only God could do whose power and glory stands outside of of those things which we can can grasp with the human mind. And so, I'm not ashamed of the Gospel. I could can't help but think of Romans for it is the power of God unto salvation. In Jesus Christ, in the work that He done He did, <clears throat> in the salvation that He wrought, in the service that He uh, exercised for His creation, He accomplished these great and amazing and wonderful things. That we should be made partakers of the divine nature through Jesus Christ is wonderful. So how important is it for us to understand the Incarnation, this unspeakable gift? Uh, well, I think it's hugely significant for us to meditate on it for the rest of all eternity. For the rest of all of that eternal life that Jesus Christ gave us, we need to bask in the realities of the Incarnation and what God has done and the ramifications of what it means in the fact That God has made us partakers of His divine nature by giving His Spirit to us. The Spirit of Jesus Christ that lives within God's people is a miraculous and marvelous thing. And I don't think we we comprehend that. Do you have your minds around that? That it's Christ in you, the hope of glory? That His Spirit that indwells His people in this church and in the churches and this nation and this world that are the actual body of Jesus Christ, what God has done, and how significant it is for us to understand the incarnation. And yet, I'm saying all of these things because this is very difficult. It's very difficult to describe. It's very difficult to explain. But what we can know is what we can know from Scripture. What the Word of God tells to us about God. But He's complex. We can't put Him in a box. We can't say, oh yeah, that's that's God over here. All that we can do is fall on our face and worship Almighty God and acknowledge that He is God and we are not. And that He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of praise. He is worthy of glory and honor. He's worthy of our lives our whole being, our complete and total being. That's what He wants. That's what He worked for. That's what His plan of salvation is about. How important is it for us that we understand the Incarnation and we know those things that He's revealed to us about the Incarnation and that we meditate in the Christmas season on that indescribable gift the wonderful thing that God has given so Jesus had these incredible things to say now Father glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was could we have the next slide there For the words which you gave me I have given to them, and they received them, and truly understood that I came forth from you. And they believe that you sent me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory. Which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world. Have you considered the, the significance and the, the glory of that passage? Look at what Jesus says here. He speaks of a glory which He had with the Father before the world was. So if we go back before the creation of mankind, human history, or anything that existed, Jesus was there with the Father and He had glory with the father <clears throat> and he prays that his disciples that you and which includes you and me from this this passage in john 17 that they are you are the ones that the father gave to the son and they have come to understand that i came forth from you the word in the beginning, He was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we have this wonderful truth that the Word came forth from the Father. He came forth to, be, to manifest the glory of God, and we beheld the glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. He says, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am so that you may, that they may see my glory. Did you know that Jesus prayed that you would see his glory? That you would see the glory of the Son that was with the Father, that proceeded from the Father, and that took upon himself flesh and dwelt among us, and even to the extent That he became the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world, to take away your sin. What a tremendous, awesome, glorious, indescribable thing that God has done. And it's all hinges upon the glory of this person, the Lord Jesus, whom we worship this morning. Because God Himself saved you. God alone could do the work on the cross of Calvary, that which was necessary for us to know for 198 people in Mexico to come to to, to the glory of God, that, that the Spirit of Jesus Christ would be manifest in them, that the hope of glory would be birthed within them. That was the work of Jesus Christ. It's glorious. And man, we should be jumping out of the out of our seats there when Lyle gives a report uh, like, like these things the angels and the scripture tells us that the angels in heaven rejoice in these things and sometimes our hearts are so cold you know, sometimes we we just don't don't grasp and lay hold of the inscribable gift that God has given and the glory of it those that passed out of death and into life, our hearts should rejoice and in the, the glory that we celebrate here. And it should be about what the Christmas season is about. It's about the indescribable gift. We remember Him. We recognize the, the glory that God has given. The glory, the glorious work that has been done through Jesus Christ who loved you so much that He's willing to to come and take upon Himself flesh and as humanity to experience humanity, God Himself. It's it's how do you put your minds around these things? And yet God has done so. So I bring us back to the question: But who do you say I am? Because it's it's ultimately the it's the ultimate question. It is the question that determines who you actually are, and who Christ is, and who you are in relation to Him, and who you are in relation to your Creator, and who and and what and the significance of what God has done. For the Scripture says that God made He who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. So I take you to Matthew 16, verses 13 through 17. Now when Jesus came. Into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, Who do people say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say John the Baptist and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to him, said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjon. Because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. May God bless the reading of His Word and the power of the words that, that Peter spoke and that the Lord Jesus spoke. But notice what is said here. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. You know what that means? That means that man didn't figure God out. That man didn't figure out what God was doing. That God Himself, that the Father, uh, by His great mercy and loving kindness, revealed a truth, revealed a spiritual truth, revealed an unseen truth, revealed an indescribable truth to Simon Barjona the reality of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, expressing faith and trust in Him. So God made He who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Do you know this morning that you stand in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, all those who have believed in Him? Did you know that your your sins have been washed away and that you're free from, and you've passed out of death and into life, and that the glory of Jesus should radiate through uh, your body and that eternal life that's been given to you and the joy that Christ has accomplished in His great love for you. Do you know these things? Do you know this indescribable gift? Do you know the realities of, of what... The Lord God has done for you. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Glory to the Lord God. There's no one like Him. He's our Creator. He's the one that, that, that designed us in all of our complexities and all of what it means to know one another and our personalities. God designed you specifically uh, for exactly His purposes. The Scripture says that that you are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which He before ordained. Our identity is is so caught up; it's it's it is completely founded in this reality of the incarnation of Jesus Christ and what God has done in creating man in His image and what the the powerful work of His salvation to deliver us from our fallen state, to bring us out of death and into life, to give to us the gift, that wonderful, marvelous, glorious gift of eternal life. How wondrous and what a glorious thing God has done. Can you give Him praise this morning? Praise You, Lord God. We give thanks to You and we worship You. And we acknowledge that all everything has been given to us from Your hand as our God and Creator. And as our Redeemer, You did a, a unique and marvelous work through Jesus Christ. So, who do you love? And who do you believe? The Scripture says, And though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And though you do not see Him now, but believe in Him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, because you love and have come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because He is the Master of the universe, the King of all kings, the Lord of lords, the Prince of Peace, the one in whom all things uh, move about. He's the center of all that we are, the center of this universe. And so, do you love the Lord Jesus this morning? I'm asking you to, to, to look into our hearts, look into our lives, We have to ask the question, do I love you to to, to that extent? Uh, And to, to the extent that God has revealed Himself to us and that we may comprehend the greatness of His glory and what He has done and who He is. How well do you know Him becomes a question, does it not? But who do you say that I am? Do you love me? Do you believe in me? Do you know that your sins have been washed away? Do you know the fullness of the eternal life that I've given to you? And is it being expressed through your person by faith? By God's grace through faith, isn't it? It's not something that that mankind was able to do. It's not something that flesh and blood revealed to us, but the Spirit... the, the Father, the Spirit of God, has revealed truth to us and given to us knowledge and of, of His character and His person that we might know Him. This is eternal life to know Thee, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom Thou hast sent. So, who do you know? This is that eternal life to know Thee, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom Thou hast sent. I have to make a confession this morning as if you didn't know it, uh, but my distraction uh, in uh, not just in the Christmas season, but um, my, uh, I'm so often distracted uh, from the reality of this personal relationship that we've been given with Jesus, and my heart gets old and and, and dried up. Spiritually, uh, because that that thing that Christ Jesus called us to—that uh, I'm the vine and you're the branches—that His life must, His life source must flow through us—is so often absent. You know, it's, it's just—it's. I know that it's because my heart is cold, and and it's it's not tender to the to the extent of the the value. Of what God has done for me, and I know that I'm talking to 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 people this morning that that uh, that struggle with the same things. So, how is it, and what is it that we we do uh, to to experience the fullness of this relationship with our Lord and God? And the Scripture tells us very clearly that we we that we've been. We've been filled with God's Holy Spirit, but we need to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. It's a command statement to us. Be filled with God's Holy Spirit. We need uh, His Spirit uh, to direct that, that oneness that we have been given with God, that knowledge that we've been given of God that's, that's beyond what we can think. The Spirit does in and through us uh, those things that that are outside of of simply flesh and blood it's it's spiritual, and so uh, i I need his spirit I, I need for him uh, to operate in and through me that eternal life that 's been given in Jesus Christ, and the scripture tells us that it 's by grace through faith he's granted it unto us these great and precious promises whereby we may be, might be made partakers of His divine nature. It's by God's power that we, that we are filled with the Spirit. It's by God's power in His grace that we're given knowledge of, of faith and, and faith to, to believe what He has told us in those promises that we may experience that divine nature that is in Christ Jesus' nature in us. And through us, to you, that's the gift that's been given. It's indescribable. It's, it doesn't fit with flesh and blood, and it, it doesn't fit with, with human reality, other than the fact that God, as created in His image, gave us a brain to see that this is what God says, and so therefore, it is truth. It is the fact. It is true reality. God has said it. Therefore, it is true. And His grace has been given. He's granted to us these things that we may know His glory. That we may see the Lord Jesus. That we may experience the reality of what it meant for God to create man in His own image and for us to to know eternal life in Jesus Christ and the glory that is given So what is His commandment? What is His commandment to us? This is a commandment that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He commanded us. Believe in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus said, He that beholds the Son and believes in Him has eternal life, and I myself will raise Him up on the last day. What does that entail? It entails believing that Jesus meant what he said he what he said to us. That the person that believes in Jesus Christ has passed out of death and into life. He's been born again. He's become a new creature in Christ Jesus. That that person that believes in the name of the Son, that person that believes in Jesus Christ has been given eternal life, and we do it by God's grace through faith. So that's salvation. It's not only what God could do. Not what man can do. Nothing of flesh and blood. He came unto His own, and His own received him not. But as many as received them, to them He gave the power to become the sons of God. The authority to become children of God. To move into God's family. How awesome is that? How glorious is that gift? How wonderful is the thing that God has done? So, what do you confess? Scripture says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. But by this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus is not from from God. This is a... and the spirit of the antichrist of which you've heard that is coming and now is already in the world the god of this world has ensnared many in mexico and other places in moldova and other places where our our missionaries belong and where god has called them to go to carry the message of jesus christ and the spirit of the antichrist has held them in bondage of in the bondage of death and sin And Jesus Christ has conquered death and sin. And by His great glory, by His power, there's relief. There's passing out of death and into life. There's the glory of what God has done. And we should rejoice in it. Rejoice in the glory of God. So, the second section of our passage this, of our sermon this morning is, is, who does the Scripture say that Jesus the Messiah is? And this is the big question if we want to know our Lord Jesus. We want to know what the Scripture has to say. And the Scripture tells us that there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. We've got one God and one mediator. When Jesus Christ conquered death, He was resurrected from the grave. He ascended to the Father. He's seated at the right hand of the Father and He mediates for your sins. He's there as your mediator. He stands between your sin and the death that it brings and the Father and He has propitiated for that sin. He has taken it away. It is gone. It is abolished, not only the sins of the past, but the sins of the present and the sins that you commit in the future. Christ as your mediator stands before the Father to wash away, to purge those sins. And He's sanctifying His church. He's sanctifying you. And He wants your relinquishment of your will and your life to His Lordship. To His guidance to His direction, to His calling, to His Word, to His promise. This is our mediator. He's the one who loves you far beyond anything that you can imagine. He's the one God and mediator. So what does the Scripture say about the nature of Christ or God? He is undiminished deity united with true humanity without confusion in one person forever. Now that's a, that's a mindful. Is it not? But this is what we understand from Scripture. That before the world was, the Word was with God and the Word was God. And that Word of God became flesh. He became mankind. He took upon Himself humanity. And that humanity is not decreased in any way. It's not mixed with anything. It is complete and fully humanity. I know that's, that's a lot. But that's the glory of this person that we worship this morning. And so this council that was taken in the church, undiminished deity united with humanity without confusion and one person forever, that's unbelievable. I mean, who would think to believe anything like that? But that's what the Scripture teaches us, that God took upon Himself flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld this glory, and it's marvelous. It is magnificent. It is unspeakable. There's nothing to compare to the the glory of God as it has been expressed through the person of the offspring of David, of the tribe of Judah, of Jacob, of Abraham, of Adam, the second Adam, our Lord Jesus Christ, who took upon Himself humanity for the salvation of mankind it must be proclaimed it must be expressed so he has two natures he is undiminished deity and so we sing about it in our christmas carols veiled in flesh the godhead see the incarnate deity our lord jesus who took upon Himself flesh, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. Has God revealed this truth to you? Do you believe Jesus' Word, that He that beholds the Son and believes in Him has eternal life? Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It is magnificent. It is unspeakable. There is nothing to compare to it. He has two natures. He is undiminished deity. Have this attitude in yourselves. This is from Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 7. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. This is what's called the great kenosis. Uh, The kenosis is that God, that Jesus Christ emptied himself of the glory that he had with the Father. Remember? You know, Jesus prayed that they might see the glory that I had with you before the world was. When Jesus took the kenosis, when He emptied Himself and took upon Himself flesh, He, uh, laid aside the expression of that glory because we couldn't have even looked upon Him had He held, uh, maintained the glory that He had with the Father from the world. He's glorious. This person that we worship this morning is glorious in His beauty and in His majesty. He's awesome and he's worthy of being worshipped, especially during the Christmas season when we remember the incarnation. Who do you say that I am? He has two natures. His divinity was united with true humanity. So Jesus Christ took upon himself, by this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is significant to us. This is what God has revealed to us. He has come in the flesh. God Himself took upon Himself flesh. The glory of it. The majesty of it. The expression of God's love to you in it is beyond thinkable. It's just beyond what we could grasp. But Jesus Christ came in the flesh. He loves you. It's because He calls you. He came to draw you to Himself. He came to pass you out of death and into life. He came to deal with the sin and separation that God has placed upon you because of your rebellion from your Creator. It's been expressed in us in so many ways. Jesus Christ came in the flesh because He loves you despite the fact that you have insulted God Himself, the One who created you. Despite the fact that you have forgotten to give thanks to Him for for all that you've been given in His creation, you've forgotten your Creator. And we do it as believers, don't we? We just simply forget in the Christmas season about the glory of the Incarnation, about what Christ has done, about the fact that He came in the flesh, about the fact that He died for us. He has two natures. His humanity was united without confusion to that deity. Took upon Himself flesh. It's glory. It couldn't even be spoken in Scripture. We have prophecies in the Old Testament. And the, the Davidic covenant tells David that, that his son is going to to reign on God's throne and His house for all eternity and that God would build that house for David and He did it through Jesus Christ. It was inexpressible. David couldn't understand it. The prophets couldn't understand it. It Just And and we've been given more light here as as these things unfold. Jesus Christ came. He conquered death. He uh, became the Lamb of God who took away our sin. He did all these things. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was with God and the Word was was God and He was in the beginning with God and all things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Jesus Christ is your creator and redeemer. It's mind boggling. It is inexpressible. He has two natures. His humanity was united without confusion and the Word became flesh and He dwelt among us. And we saw His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. This is what we celebrate in the Christmas season and God forbid that we would, we would lose sight of the glorious gift that He's given to us. I know how busy it gets, and I, I struggle with the same things, and it's 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 a challenge. It's a challenge for for me to come here this morning and oh, no, uh, come let us adore Him. I mean that's the first song that we sang. Come let us adore Him. And did do we adore Him? Was I you know I, mean, I you know because flesh and blood just doesn't manage it, but the Spirit of God manages it. And, and that's, that's what we need. We need His, His, his Spirit. And, and, it's by grace through faith. We simply believe that God has, has empowered us. So, so I come in and God, forgive me of my sins. Uh, for, for His Word says that if we confess our sins, He's for, faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So He cleanses that unrighteousness out of my life. I believe it by faith. And then I then I pray, God, fill me with Your Spirit. And I, I say, man, come let us adore You. I don't feel in my flesh like coming to adore You. I'm distracted with these things. But God says says, commands me to be filled with His Spirit. Well, how do I do that? Well, I do it by God's grace through faith. And I believe God. I believe. He says, be filled with my Spirit. And I believe He's filling me with His Spirit, and I may feel one way in the flesh or some other way, but I trust that God is is going to fill me with His Spirit. And what I find is is that there, by God's grace through faith, that all of a sudden I I, I worship, yeah, because it's it's by God's Spirit, it's by His power, by the power that that He gave Peter, that. Uh, to, to know who He was. That He gives us the power to by faith walk in His grace. Love God. Come before uh, Him uh, and adore Him in God's love. That's awesome. A wonderful thing. He is one person. He has two natures but one person. Therefore the Lord Jesus Himself will give you a sign. Behold a virgin will be with child and bear a son. And she will call His name Emmanuel. And that name means God with us. That's what it means. That's what we're looking at. You say, well, I can't understand that completely. But what it says is that God has come to be with us in His Son, Jesus Christ. And I believe His Word. I believe it to be true. The Holy Spirit conceived in Mary in a miraculous conception. The Lord Jesus Christ, God Himself, took upon Himself flesh flesh. Came and dwelt among us and saved us from our sins, an indescribable gift that God has given. He is one person, He is eternal in deity and in His physical body is resurrected forever. Think of it. That physical body that Jesus Christ, that God Himself, that God the Son took upon is eternal. It will always exist. It will everlastingly exist. The resurrection is proof that death has no hold on you or me and certainly the Lord Jesus Christ. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest upon His shoulders. The government's going to rest on His shoulders. God's plan and purpose. And His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, there will be no end of the increase of His government or of peace on the throne of David and over His kingdom. On the throne of David, Jesus Christ is going to reign. He's going to be a government that is like no other government that's ever been seen, a benevolent ruler that cares about His people, and a benevolent kingdom, and even more, a family that God has given. To establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord Jesus, the Lord of hosts, will accomplish this. Prophesied in the Old Testament. So in conclusion here, just uh, as we would conclude, if Christ is not God, then we are all idolaters because we worship Him this morning. If Christ is not a man, then we could not have a perfect sacrifice for our sins or a mediator before God. It was necessary for Christ to take upon Himself flesh. It was necessary in this gift that has been given for these things to be true. We give thanks to God for that unspeakable, indescribable, glorious gift that has been given in Jesus Christ and we worship you Lord Jesus Father in heaven thank you for your great mercies thank you Lord God for the glory of what you have done there is no one like you there is no one to compare to you and we give praise and honor and glory to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that name which you have sworn to exalt above every name that at His name every knee will bow and every tongue confess that He is Lord to your glory. And we confess His name, Lord, that one who mediates for us, who's taken away our sins, that we might stand in His righteousness before you forever as your children. And Father, may the hope of the glory, Christ in this congregation, go out amongst Your people in all of the fullness of that eternal life and the glory and the peace and the joy of all that that means with Your people this Christmas season. I pray and ask that it may be so in the name of the glorious Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.